And we're back. We are going to look at draft number 54 of mine. We'll actually be able to run through this one relatively quickly because a lot of the stuff that we've talked about to this point applies directly to this draft. And I think that this might be my favorite draft I've done so far this year. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel that way a lot of different times when I finish a draft, but this was a totally different draft from the draft we just went through, 55, uh, where things fell completely differently. But I really liked the way that I let this draft come to me and the way that this draft ended up coming to me. So the uh, we'll dive right in. I had pick four, and that's one of my favorite picks because Alvin Kamara is almost always there. And if he's not there, then that means that Hunter Henry, or Hunter Henry, uh, Derek Henry, who I again I prioritize Kamara over Derek Henry. So when I have the three pick, I'm typically taking Kamara as well. So if Kamara gets snatched out, it kind of forces me to take Derrick Henry and get some Derrick Henry rosters built. Um, or you know, this hasn't happened, but technically Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey could fall to me. So one of these guys who they're in a different tier than, than the Zeke and below, because these are guys who the offense is completely built around. Christian McCaffrey, again, three down back, offense is built around him. Dalvin Cook, three down back, offense is built around him. Derrick Henry, not a three down back, but the offense is built around him. Alvin Kamara, not a three down back, but the offense is going to be built around him. So Alvin Kamara, take him with the number one pick, and then I'm going to let the draft fall to me. We're going to see what happens next. So I typically go through, we'll actually see this when we do the live drafts, and I go through and I kind of star players based on the order in which I want to consider them. And I kind of change things up from draft to draft based on what I've been doing and making sure that my portfolio continues to expose me to the different things. So I like Najee Harris this year more than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because Najee Harris has a three-down role. He should be on the field 85, 90% of the snaps, whereas Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is on a team that's going to pass the ball a lot and who knows what Andy Reid's going to do with his backfield. I mean, you remember having Jamal Charles back in the day and he couldn't get more than 16, 17 touches most weeks. So you don't know what's going to happen with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But there have been a lot of drafts where I've starred, you know, added, added Clyde Edwards to my queue above Harris because in week 17, the Chiefs are playing against the Bengals. And in week 17, the Steelers are playing against the Browns. So there's a better chance that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has a game-breaking performance in week 17 than Najee Harris. So I've ended up with a little bit more Clyde Edwards-Hilaire than Najee Harris. But as I was going through the, uh, you know, I took Alvin Kamara and then I just kind of went through and started adding players to my queue in the order that I wanted to take them in this one. And I decided to hit Najee Harris first and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire second. So if both guys were available in this particular draft at my next pick, at pick 21, I was going to take Najee Harris over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Other times, I take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over Najee Harris, so just sort of based on feel and based on what I've been doing to that point. So we get to pick 21, and Calvin Ridley's gone. He didn't drop to me. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. He didn't drop to me. A.J. Brown is gone. I could reach for C.D. Lamb, who's typically drafted around pick 24 to 26. Uh, or I could say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and go running back heavy on this one. RB1 is taken care of. Alvin Kamara is going to get me 300 points throughout the season, one way or another. 
And if I get really fortunate, I get enough good running back so that on the rare down weeks for Alvin Kamara, the weeks where he scores 10 or 11 points, I get a running back who puts up 14, 15, and you know, make up for those three or four weeks with, with some extra points. Turn this into a 330, 340-point back. But I'm going to get these 300-plus points from Alvin Kamara, assuming health. And so RB1, like we were talking about with Devontae Adams the last draft, RB1, totally locked in. We get to this second pick. My favorite wide receivers are gone. Najee Harris is at the top of my queue, and I take Najee Harris. So now I have a really good, like heavily involved three down back. I wouldn't say that I have RB2 totally covered, but I should be able to get 225 points. And if I can layer in a couple extra things, I can basically have two first round running backs. So Najee Harris, pick 21. And now I'm thinking, well, I'm probably turning my attention to wide receiver next. But I get to pick 28, and Amari Cooper is gone. And some of the other wide, you know, it's a little bit of a reach to take Julio Jones at this point. Uh, C.D. Lamb is gone. Darren Waller's gone. So I can't say, hey, let me just lock in tight end. But guess who falls to me at this point? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So typically, I'm not taking running back, running back, running back with my top three picks, But in this situation, I'm basically able to get RB1 and RB2 totally taken care of. I'm able to put myself in position for week 17, in good position for week 17 with Kamara and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going against the Bengals. And Najee Harris could have a big game against the Browns. So potentially there's some spillover into the flex spot here. But basically, I can I can say, look, I'm going to get 600 points from my starting running backs if the layering works out right, just from having these three running backs. And it's like having two first-round picks at RB1 and RB2 with a little bit of spillover into the flex. And what I mean by spillover into the flex is there's going to be weeks where, again, RB1's taken care of. So there's going to be weeks where Najee Harris puts up 18 to 20 points and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire puts up 16, 18, 20 points. And so they both end up starting because they, they're outperforming my wide receiver four. So I feel really great about this starting point, And I'm not typically aiming to take three running backs, but I get to pick 28. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire AD, ADP is 22.7. And he's still sitting there at 28. So I go ahead and lock him in and say, hey, I'm going to figure out wide receiver, quarterback, tight end from here. So Alvin Kamara, Najee Harris, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. One of the things we talked about is we want spiked weeks at wide receiver. So I know at this point that I want to start turning my attention to wide receiver because we start running out of spiked weeks as we get into those hundreds, right? Like if you don't start drafting wide receiver till pick 75, 80, you're not going to get many spiked weeks. You're just going to get kind of these guys who consistently contribute 10, 12, 15 points, and you're not able to really build you know, combine players to create additional first and second round picks throughout the course of the season. And you're not able to position yourself for week 17 to have four or five, six guys who have blow up games because all of your wide receivers really aren't capable of having blow up games. So I'm, I'm thinking at this point, okay, I'm probably turning my attention to wide receiver next. We'll see how draft, how the draft falls for me, but I'm probably turning my attention to wide receiver next. And I'm also keeping in mind, again, the fact that if I can secure, I can always piece together things at wide receiver. I get a couple guys in here. If I can secure an elite quarterback, if I can secure an elite tight end, I can get those positions taken care of and not have to piece those ones together down the draft. So as we saw in draft number 55 that we just went through, 
tight end ended up being kind of my dead spot. Not dead spot, but it's like non-elite. You don't want to have multiple non-elite spots. And a lot of people end up with that. They end up with wide receiver three and flex and tight end and quarterback all as non-elite because they're piecing things together incorrectly and they're they're taking the wrong players early. They're taking more speculative players at wide receiver at certain points and they're not filling in wide receiver three and flex and then they're waiting until the 100 to take quarterback and tight end. So those spots are weaker than they need to be. And so, you know, I'm also aware that if things fall a certain way, I'm going to make sure I get quarterback and tight end taken care of. So running back is set. What's going to happen at pick 45? Well, pick 45, Jamar Chase is gone. Adam Thielen is gone. Deontay Johnson is gone. But T. Higgins is still there. T. Higgins is not typically my priority here, and he's not a guy I want as my wide receiver one. We touched on T. Higgins earlier that he's going to have some big games, but he's also going to have some disappointing games. But as we talked about in the last draft, these big games, if you can layer in underneath them with some solid scoring, some some Cole Beasley's, some Russell Gages, some some just good production underneath them, you can actually put yourself in position for T. Higgins combined with somebody else to become a second round caliber wide receiver, to be a spot where you're getting 200 plus points out of this wide receiver one spot because of the way that you do the layering. So I get my spiked weeks from T. Higgins. And again, I'm assuming I'm going to go with another wide receiver with my next pick, pick 52. But I get to pick 52. Chase Claypool, I think, was still available. Maybe Chase Claypool was even gone. But Kyle Pitts, who's the last remaining potential 150-plus point tight end, he's still sitting there. He's typically drafted 46.7 at this point. But pick 52, I'm able to take Kyle Pitts. So I go ahead and say, you know what? I'm going to take Kyle Pitts and just say tight end is now set. I don't have to worry about tight end. So I now don't have to worry about... I know that I need some running back depth. I know that running back is where my strength is. And so I'm already eyeing, look, if I can get Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson and Sony Michelle later, I now have a third, quote, elite back to pair with Kamara, Najee Harris, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And I can basically say, hey, running back one is locked in with Kamara and running back two and flex most weeks are going to be covered with my running backs between Patriots backfield, Najee Harris, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. If I can take care of RB1, RB2, and flex, tight end, and quarterback, and those spots are locked in, those spots are set, that gives me flexibility now to say, okay, I can piece together wide receiver. Same way that in draft 55, we were piecing together running back. I can say, all right, I can piece together wide receiver. I can get creative. I can use all the drafting I've done, all the experience I've put in together to figure out how to piece together wide receiver, I'm going to go ahead and lock in this tight end, this elite, potentially elite tight end who has fallen to me here in Kyle Pitts at pick number 52. We just talked about this thought of also getting quarterback locked in and saying, look, if I can lock in quarterback, if I can lock in tight end, it's valuable to do it because I know that wide receiver is going to be pieced together no matter what at this point. I know that I'm already angling toward, hey, let me try to get these Patriots running back so that I have a, basically a third round pick at RB4. And so I've got four 
first, second, third round picks at running back when you put it all together. Um, and RB1, RB2, and flex are going to be secured most weeks. Tight end is secured most weeks with Kyle Pitts throughout the course of the season. He's going to outscore, you know, a lot of these people who take two, three tight ends, Kyle Pitts on his own is going to outscore them. And now I've got pick number 69, Dak Prescott, who's typically drafted at 63.4. Dak Prescott's still available. And I'll tell you, I have a lot of drafts where I took Dak because I already had Amari or CeeDee Lamb. These were two kind of interesting drafts where I took Dak without any other Cowboys and just said, look, I'll try to get a Cowboys tight end later to get an extra pairing. But the main thing is I want to get Dak. I want to get one of these quarterbacks to just say, look, the way this roster is coming together, I want to be able to say quarterback is completely set. I don't have to worry about it. The points are going to be there. I'm going to have elite scores throughout the season. Week 17 is in good shape. Dak fell to me at pick number 69. And so now all of a sudden I have this very unique roster where this might have been the first time I did this where I have one, two, three, four, five, six picks and only one of them is a wide receiver. And that wide receiver wasn't taken until the fourth round. So I know that wide receiver is going to be interesting. I'm going to have to try to piece it together and get creative here. But I now don't have to worry about quarterback. I now don't have to worry about tight end. I don't have to worry about RB1. And after I get this Patriots backfield secured, I don't have to worry about RB2 or flex. So all that's left is piecing together these three wide receiver spots creatively. And I know that I'm going to need a backup quarterback. I know that I have to spend three picks on these Patriots running backs, but two of them are going to be round 17 and 18. I'd like uh, Blake Jarwin, but if he doesn't fall to me, I don't need a backup tight end. A lot of people are going to get, you know, they take... Travis Kelsey in the first round, and then they take another tight end at pick number 100. And maybe the week where Kelsey has his bye, that tight end only gets three points. You don't need to waste a high pick to get those three points, right? Tight end scoring is so low across the board that you can't predict that on the one week where you need this guy, he's going to put up those points. If you take Travis Kelsey, just say, look, I've got 200 points covered at tight end. I only need a backup tight end if things fall to me this way. I did this with Kyle Pitts here. I started saying, look, I don't need another tight end. If things fall to me, I'd like to get Blake Jarwin deeper into the draft because then I can pair him with Dak Prescott, but I'm also in good shape at tight end. So that allows a lot of flexibility. Again, I've got three running back picks left, but two of them are going to be round 17 and 18. I need a backup quarterback. I'd love to get Matt Ryan because I have Kyle Pitts. But, and I know, I know I'm going to be targeting Russell Gage somewhere along here, but if I don't get Matt Ryan, I can get Carson Wentz, I can get Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I have options deeper into the draft. I don't even need a backup tight end. Uh, all I'm focused on now is wide receiver because of the way this draft fell for me. I ended up with RB1, RB2, RB3, and eventually, you know, this flex totally locked in at running back. I ended up with quarterback locked in. I ended up with tight end locked in. Now let's focus on wide receiver. Get to my next pick at pick 76. Debo Samuel has fallen from 70.9 down to 76. Not a huge drop, but nice value to get Debo Samuel right here. Great thing about Debo Samuel is he really fits in with this T. Higgins thing. If he's healthy, he's going to put up 160 points. He's going to have, he's going to do it on a team that runs the ball a lot, on a team that spreads the ball around to Ayuk and to Kittle and to Debo like he's going to have some disappointing games. He's going to have some games with five targets and then he's going to have some big games. So his 160 points, similar to T Higgins, isn't going to be a Cole Beasley 160 points where it's just consistent scoring. A Russell Gage 160 points where Russell Gage is going to have some big games, but 
Um, I guess Cole Beasley is too, just from touchdowns. But, you know, those guys are going to be more consistent. Debo and Higgins are going to have spiked weeks. So now I'm thinking, man, I've already got two guys with spiked week potential. I could actually end up looking really good at wide receiver because if I can layer in some Cole Beasley type security, if I can layer in some Russell Gage type security, if I can layer in a Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton pairing, if I can layer in a Jameson Crowder who's just going to get targets, right? Jameson Crowder is getting drafted in the 160s because there was talk about him being a cap casualty with Elijah Moore looking so good in OTAs. But now that we're in training camp, Crowder's still there. Crowder's running with the first team offense. Elijah Moore is running routes on the outside and in the slot so that Crowder can run in the slot. Crowder's probably going to be involved and put up another 150-point season, another Cole Beasley-like season. So I can piece in some of these guys for layering. I can piece in some of these guys and say, okay, Debo got three points this week, but I got 10 points from one of these other guys. Now Debo got 22 points and I get to benefit from that spiked week without having to take his down weeks because of the way I layered things in. So all of a sudden, I know that I'm going to get these Patriots running backs. That's what I'm targeting. And I'm going to feel really good about the way that RB1, RB2, and flex look. I already feel really good about quarterback and tight end. And now I've got a good start on wide receiver where I'm starting to think, man, I could actually piece together some second, third round wide receivers because some of these spiked weak guys are falling to me. So now my next priority with my next pick is Damian Harris. I'm already thinking it's going to be pick 93. I'm thinking, okay, Damian Harris usually gets picked at 85.9, but I bet he can fall to me at 93 and I'll lock in Damian Harris. But what ends up happening is Will Fuller also falls to me. And Will Fuller, we're on this spiked week train with T. Higgins, Debo Samuel, Will Fuller, and all of a sudden it's like, man, these are three guys who all have 20-plus point potential. And there's plenty of layering still available to me with Gage, Beasley, the Colts wide receivers, Jameson Crowder, different ways that I can piece this together to create a bunch of second, third-round wide receivers because these spiked weak guys keep falling to me. Will Fuller's going to miss week one. He's got Tua throwing to him. Last year, Tua was just throwing the ball short. That was basically what the Dolphins were doing with him. But the plan this year is for them to open it up. We'll see what happens. But Will Fuller should be able to put up 160 points again, and he's going to do it with some big games in there. So T. Higgins, 150 to 180 points. Debo, 150 to 180 points. Fuller, 150 to 180 points. And it's going to come with some up and down. So now I want to capitalize on that up and down by getting some some layering in here that raises my floor in their down weeks and allows their up weeks to really have maximum value because then they become 225-point wide receivers instead of 160-point wide receivers because they get three points on a week, but I end up getting 11 points from that spot because of the way I'm layering things in. So Will Fuller falls to me and I say, you know what? I'm not going to force Damian Harris. I'm not going to force this Patriots running back thing. I'm going to go ahead and take this extra spiked week that falls to me. Will Fuller's kind of the last of these clear spiked week wide receivers. And so I'm able to take him at pick 93 and feel really good about the way that I'm setting myself up at wide receiver. Again, quarterback set. I don't have to think about it. Tight end is set. I don't have to think about it. RB1 is set. I don't have to think about it. RB2 is set. I would love to layer something in so that RB is taking care of the flex spot. But now I know that that's really the focus is just, hey, RBs, some sort of RB setup that takes care of the flex spot, whether it's Michael Carter, Melvin Gordon, the Patriots running backs, and then keep layering in these wide receivers at this point. 
I get to pick 100. I mean, this is such a fortunate draft, the way that things fell to me. Again, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fell to me. Uh, Debo fell a little bit. Will Fuller fell a little bit. Kyle Pitts fell a little bit. Dak Prescott fell a little bit. Damian Harris falls to me. He's ADP of 85.9. He falls to me all the way down at pick 100. And so now I'm able to take Damian Harris and just know, like, I know what picks 17 and 18 are going to be with Stevenson and Michelle. And I know that RB1, RB2, and Flex are taken care of week in and week out. I basically have, you know, it's like having three first and second round running backs. I'm going to piece together a good 800 points from RB1, RB2, and Flex just from the way that I've been able to piece together these running back spots. I'm going to have an elite quarterback. I should have an elite tight end if Kyle Pitts shows out this year. And so all that's left is layering in my wide receivers to take care of maximizing the value of the spike tweaks from T. Higgins, Debo Samuel, and Will Fuller. That allows us to kind of run through things a little bit more quickly here. Russell Gage falls all the way to pick number 117. I take him at pick 117. At pick 124, there's no other wide receivers that I want to reach for here. I believe Cole Beasley was already gone. Uh, I can wait on Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton because they've been falling into the 140s with the Carson Wentz injury. So I go ahead and take Matt Ryan here. What's beautiful about Matt Ryan is he can actually outscore Dak five or six times this season and actually turn my quarterback into a 400-point quarterback, into a third-round quarterback. Um, Matt Ryan is also playing Buffalo in Week 17. It's not a perfect setup. The game is in Buffalo, but there's a chance for that to be one of the more valuable games. And I have Russell Gage and I have Kyle Pitts, so I have a really nice quarterback, wide receiver, tight end stack going here. And I have Dak Prescott as kind of the main quarterback I'm leaning on. So now I have a third-round quarterback. I have a a fourth, fifth-round tight end. I have four first and second round running backs between Kamara, Najee Harris, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the Patriots backfield. And so now all that's left is to turn my wide receivers who are, I'm already in good shape. Russell Gage gives me some floor, T Higgins, Debo, and Will Fuller give me some ceiling. Now all that's left is to turn these guys into second and third round wide receivers to keep layering in stuff. So next picks, picks 141 and 148. Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton. We already talked about what these guys can combine for. These guys can, you know, you take the best score from the two of them week in and week out, and you're going to get up to 160, 170 points throughout the course of the season. They're going to fill in for the down weeks from Debo, Fuller, T. Higgins. Um, And so now I'm feeling excellent about wide receiver. I'd love to get one more wide receiver. I'm not prioritizing backup tight end. I don't have to touch quarterback because Dak and and Matt Ryan have already given me a a third, fourth round quarterback. What do I need another quarterback for, right? Like what's another quarterback adding to my team? I don't need to think about running back till pick 17 and 18 because all I have to do is close out my Patriots backfield. Jamison Crowder is still here at pick 165. So there's another layer in. So now I've got three spiked week guys from T Higgins, Debo, Will Fuller, three guys who layer in really nicely for floor with Russell Gage the Colts combo and Jamison Crowder. And then we get to pick 172 and Brown from Washington is still there. He's going to be, you know, they've got Samuel, they've got um, McLaurin there. They've got Thomas, they've got Gibson. Like they're going to be spreading the ball around. They have a great defense. They're not necessarily going to be in attack mode all the time, but Brown's going to contribute two, three, four spiked weeks throughout the season. If things go well, he's going to be on the field. They're going to be throwing the ball to him. And so he's just a great guy to get as a luxury pick. And I love it when we get to these 
this point in the draft and you can just take luxury picks. Like I already feel like between Crowder, Gage, and the Colts pairing, T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell, I've built in my floor for the, the Higgins, Debo, and Fuller picks. Higgins, Debo, and Fuller give you my ceiling and you know combining these picks, these seven guys, Crowder, Gage, Campbell, Hilton, and the three spiked week guys, I already feel like I've got three, like wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and wide receiver three. It's as if I have all second and third round wide receivers, like week in and week out. We're getting those types of scores filled in on these rosters. And this is my weak spot. This is my piecing things together as wide receiver. And because I've already got a a third, fourth round quarterback between Dak and Matt Ryan, I already have a fourth, fifth round tight end with Kyle Pitts. I already have three first and second round running backs between the way I've put these running backs together. And now I've things have fortunately fallen to me in such a way that I feel like I've got all second and third round wide receivers in wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, week in and week out with potential for spiked weeks in week 17 with potential for guys who can put up game breaking plays in week 17. Uh, Brown is a luxury pick. Blake Jarwin still falls to me at pick 189, which allows me to take him as my pairing with Dak. And then I close things out with Stevenson and Michelle in rounds 17 and 18. Put it all together, and I basically have a fourth-round quarterback, uh, a third or fourth-round quarterback, a first-round running back, two other second-round running backs, you know, and and Harris and Clyde Edwards-Slayer truly are second-round running backs, but you layer in the Patriots, and it's like, these are locked-in second-round running back scores coming at RB1, RB2, and flex every week. I feel really confident that I picked up three wide receivers that are, you know, the value of second, third-round wide receivers from the way I've been able to layer these spike tweaks with the floor guys, and then a fourth, fifth-round tight end, which means that every week, week in and week out, throughout the course of the season, assuming health, all of my starters are basically being picked in the top 60 picks, being picked in the top five rounds because of the way that I've pieced this together and layered things together. And so we see a totally different way for a draft to fall. The last one running back just became the last priority and we pieced that together. Uh, This one, just the way that things fell, we kept saying, well, we'll wait on wide receiver. We'll wait on wide receiver and we'll see what happens. Let the draft come to us. And we end up with a totally different layout running backs in rounds one, two, and three. But a uh, similar type of thing. Let the draft fall to you. Get all of your positions covered. Get yourself in good position for spiked weeks to make it out of your 12-team league and into the playoffs. And then make sure that you're in good position for that week 17. So uh, one of my favorite drafts. Last thing we're going to do is, before we get to these live drafts, is look at a few of these um, a few of these like compositions from a few other drafts so that you can see different ways that these drafts can be put together and that these spots less about where each player is being taken and how the decisions are falling and more about just how spots on a roster can be filled. We talk about covering, locking in that QB spot, locking in that running back spot and so on and so forth. And so we'll see a few different ways that those rosters can be locked in.